0: Hello, everyone. This is James Pittman with The Texas Post at www.thetexaspost.me. Welcome to the podcast. Um, This is my second podcast of the day, and I wanted to kind of touch base with you to tell you where we're at as far as the superstorm that struck Texas. We uh, dropping tons of snow, ice, sleet, you name it, it came down and also on the water situation, and also on the electric situation in the state of Texas. So here's what we know so far. Um, AEP, Encore, and the other power uh, power people, they're now saying that there are going to be no more outages. They say that demand has come back sufficiently, and generation has gone up sufficiently, to where the situation can pretty well be resolved. By local, whatever. Now as far as water goes, we've got a situation in San Angelo, Texas, where they have tons of main breaks all over the city. Now at this point, we know that most of the city is, has may have water, may not have water. Um, they're still trying to sort where to put everything. Uh, But at this point, it looks like they're going to be doing some repairs for a few days to kind of get the situation under control. As far as Texas itself, there are a lot of mad people, a lot. And this is going to be a big issue. Governor Greg Abbott has already said the Texas legislature will consider this item, uh, will consider air reform as a item. He said, well, basically put it on emergency, um, emergency review, meaning the legislature can look at it. Um, so where are we at right now? What do we know at this point? Well, power is being restored, water is next. Um, then they'll have the review to look at exactly what went wrong where. And some people are even wondering why this even happened in the first place. Well, um, three things actually contributed. The first thing was honestly, if you have to look at it, renewable energy. Now, this is solar and wind. This is a stuff that our government has been pushing on Texas for years. And guess what? It didn't work. It fell colossally this last time. Because the wind turbines froze up, and the solar panels were covered in snow and ice. Well, guess what? If you got those two combinations, or if you got a combination of those two, you're not going to have a whole lot of power. The second thing that happened was the demand was so high that the grid simply could not handle it. Now you're wondering why can't the grid handle power in Texas? Well, part of the problem is is because Texas, unlike other states, has its own power grid. And the deal with the power grid is is if one part stops working, the whole thing stops working. Whereas in other states, you have redundancy built in, in Texas, you don't have that redundancy. Once the electric hits the state lines, it stops. And then Texas does its own thing as far as power goes. And the reason is is because they don't want the federal government to tell them how they can use their power, generate whatever. Basically, that's the end of the story there. So, what is going to happen in the next few days is there's going to be obviously some hearings at the Texas Capitol... Um, as to what went wrong, why, who knew about what, why ERCOT, um, the, Ele- the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, how they failed to foresee this disaster. And then there's going to be a lot of mad people who are going to look at President Biden and say, uh, you are wrong, big time wrong. And that's an honest thing. That's an honest thing, because honestly, you can't have a president pushing renewables and then all of a sudden Texas finding out, one of the largest states in the country, that that crap don't fly. Basically, that's what happened. So, what you have to understand is, is that the power grid failed. The water failed. The natural gas came next and failed. We had snow and ice on the roads, we had pile-ups, we had accidents, we had stores closing, we had stores unable to get food, we had restaurants closing, businesses closing. You know, there's no saying that this was the perfect storm, and guess what? It absolutely was. It absolutely was. Now, to put that in perspective, consider this. The last time Texas had this type of event, what was this bitterly cold, was 1989. Let's see, that's 32 years ago? Wow, imagine that, 32 years since the last major snow event in Texas. And that one was the same as this one, it was Alaska norther that came down and decided to wreak havoc. So, that's important to remember. Okay, I'm going to move on to my next topic. I want to talk to y'all about um, Biden. This is important. I want y'all to listen to this. Um, you know, over the last... Let's see, Biden's been in office almost a month now. And he hasn't gotten one, gotten one single thing passed. One, counter uno, single, one thing. Nope, no passing. Everything he has done in the last 30 days or 28 days, or 29 days rather, has been by executive order. He has not passed the stimulus. He has not passed energy reform. He has not passed any item through Congress except for the impeachment of Donald J. Trump. Now, I want you to consider that for a second. I want you to consider. Now, here's a person who was criticizing executive orders. He was saying Congress needed to work with him. He was saying all this other crap. And once he figured out that Congress wasn't going to get off its rear end and do something, he said, well, I have to do executive orders because Congress is not willing. Well, guess who else did that? Barack Obama. Barack Obama also would not go through Congress, did not go through the proper channels. Anytime he had to throw a temper tantrum, he used executive orders. That's right, he signed it and it became the force of law. Well, I'll tell you this. I do not believe that an executive order has any weight whatsoever. Congress has the power to make the laws. The executive branch enforces the laws, then the judicial branch decides what laws are constitutional or not constitutional or criminal or civil matters. Basically, we've had two presidents, Barack Obama and Joe Biden, who don't consider Congress important if it doesn't bend to their will. What that means in plain English is because we have two presidents who cannot get their head out of the caboose, and figure out how to get something done the right way, they're saying, well, I'll just do it by myself, and I won't have to worry about this. Guys, that's not how it works in our Constitution. You have the Congress, which is supposed to pass the law. They're supposed to tell you exactly what kind of law is legally binding to that point of where it has the enforcement of the executive branch and the judicial review of the judicial branch. So, we need to have a serious talk in our government about what an executive order can and cannot do. Or even if an executive order is constitutional, constitutional, Because honestly, I don't think it is. I don't think that the president can unilaterally decide what is law, what is policy, what is the regulation period in this story. He can't decide that without the parole of Congress. Now, also, also, let me move on to this particular sheet because this is important. There are some in the Biden administration who believe that Biden has, by the power of executive order, also to take people's guns away. Now Mr. Re- Mr. President, I- I'm gonna call um, you know what on that one because honestly here's the thing you cannot seize a law-abiding citizen's guns. The Second Amendment is there for a reason. It is the Second Amendment, which guarantees every single American, military, police, common citizen, the right to keep and bear arms. Now, you know what? Honestly, if you were to look at things, you know, guns are deadly, but so are clubs, baseball bats, knives, forks. Spoons, if you get a chance to do something with them. You know, you have a choice of all these weapons, and yet you're only focused on guns. That's silly. Guns don't kill people, Mr. President. People with guns kill people. And honestly, it's not people with guns kill people per se. It's people who have criminal intent. Kill people now, uh, criminals. I don't think they're gonna abide by the law and say, "Okay, well, we're gonna, we're not gonna shoot you because you don't have a gun and I do." And in fact, there are some lawmakers who believe that a gun, you know, is a gun, is a gun, is a gun, and they're like, "Well, if people just lay down their guns and not shoot; they won't get hurt." Guys, I hate to break it to you, but if a criminal breaks into your house and sees you with a gun or sees you don't have a gun, they're going to try and hurt you. Okay, let's just let's call brass tacks and brass tacks. They're going to try and hurt you. But if you have a gun, then chances are... I, I've actually read a couple stories this last week where home intruders have broken in and a person with a gun shot them. And disable them or kill them or whatever. So, if that person who's a law-abiding citizen has a gun, they can protect themselves against a non-law-abiding citizen who has been harming the other person who also has a gun. So, there's where we stand on that one, Biden. That's bull crap. Don't try it. Alrighty. So, let's talk about another issue. Um. Let's see, what can I think about to talk about this time? How about um, the Mars Perseverance Lander? Yeah, that's a good one. This afternoon, Mars Perseverance Lander landed on the moon and took some selfies. So this, this thing is really, really cool because it's got the ability to actually collect samples for return to Earth in the near future. Not only that, it also has a dual rotor aircraft called Ingenuity. And what this is supposed to do, what this particular part of the rover is supposed to do, is it's supposed to attempt the first manned, or no, man, not manned, but unmanned flight on Mars. Now, they're. As far as I know, there are no science instruments on Ingenuity. It's just a technology demonstration, but it's still the coolest thing since bread if they can get it to fly. And as far as Perseverance, Perseverance actually has vials that they're going to use for a sample return mission from Mars back to Earth. You know, which will be really, really cool if they can pull it off. Because everybody's been dying to know, what exactly are the Martian rocks made of? Wow, imagine that. Okay, so my final segment that I want to talk to you about is sports. Hey guys, if you haven't read the news stories on our website, Minor League Baseball is back. We have several teams that we're going to be covering this year, including the Pasha Chihuahua, San Antonio Missions, uh, Midland Rock Hounds. Um, those are going to be uh, the first quarter of Rutgers. So we're going to cover those as well. Um, they're going to be playing a different schedule, of course, because of COVID. And, you know, there's going to be some fans, not a lot, unfortunately. But the baseball season for minor league baseball will start sometime for AAA in May, or AAA in in April, and then A in May, which will be really, really cool, because here at our headquarters, we actually are close to the Frisco Rough Riders. So that's going to be really nice to see. Uh, I don't think we'll have a pass this year, but at least we will be covering them. So if you get a chance, uh September, May, I think the season starts May 4th, May 6th, somewhere in there. You'll be able to see minor league baseball in our location. And you know what? We might even give you a rundown on this podcast of different scores and highlights of different games, which will be awesome. And um, so to wrap it up, I just want to thank uh the corner shop number two, area or Primo and Back Geek Music. Thanks. Bye.